We're going to continue our make or break factors, our SEC series, taking a look at every single SEC football team upcoming year 2021 what are the make or break factors for these football teams i said yesterday it's time for the florida gators it's time for the florida gators lance take it away my man what are some make or break factors i think there are two but one is definitely more important than the other and i think you and i would agree on this can emory jones develop his ability to pass accurately we've seen him under two with two years under mullen He's been able to get some snaps. He's been able to get three or four passes a game over his two seasons uh, with the Gators. Just taking a look here in 2019, he was 25 of 38 for 267 yards and three touchdowns in 2020, 18 of 32, 221 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And both of those seasons, he also had over 200 yards rushing. Definitely a dual threat. But this last season, whenever he was able to get on the field, not the most accurate quarterback in the world. Some of some guys, you and I were talking about this off air way early this morning. Some guys have him mocked as a first round pick <laughs> heading into 2021. Malik Willis, Emory Jones, headlining a draft class. And I just do not understand that because this guy, even though he's been able to get his reps, Mullen's been able to keep him somewhat happy. He has less than 100 career pass attempts and a apparently that's enough to project this guy as a first round pick he's unproven as far as first round picks goes (laughs) he's not there yet and I would argue that as far as scheme fit goes they're going to try and mold it more to Emory Jones style but if they don't he's not Kyle Trask he's not throwing the football 40 times a game he's not passing for 400 yards he's a true dual threat and if they try to make him into something that he isn't I could see this Florida team falling apart really really quickly Dan Mullen's great with quarterbacks, and he's great with building a system around QBs. I hold, as much as some people have beef with Dan Mullen and and, and don't necessarily like his personality as a coach and how he manages his teams, I hold Dan Mullen, from an offensive perspective, I hold that in high regard. I, I think his track record speaks for itself when you look at the fact that he has a good quarterback every single season. He has been able to do what McIlwain could not do before him he, he he is consistently now at the top of the SEC East with Georgia he's not winning it every year but he's doing it while his biggest rival now at least inside the league is experiencing one of their best program runs I feel like over the last 20-25 years stretching all the way back to when they were great back in the 80s but Georgia now They've been to a playoff in the last five years. They're experiencing, Florida's experiencing kind of what Auburn's experiencing with Alabama. Not to that degree, of course. Alabama is rattling off a national championship every year. That's the kind of clip that they're doing. Georgia's not anywhere near that. But I just meant they're experiencing strenuous recruiting pressure and in terms of results as well and success in their own division, Georgia's been dominating that league. Dan Mullen's been able to close that gap a bit. I hold him and what he's done at Florida so far in high regard, and he's been able to do it in a relatively quick time period. So I trust what he does with quarterbacks. My main question, though, is what does that look like for Emory Jones? And I'm with you. This is on my make-or-break list, and I've been talking about this with you for a couple months now as well. What does that look like for Emory Jones in this offense, and how much does the offense have to change to fit Emory Jones' skill set? Is he a talented passer? I don't know if we have enough of a sample size yet of him as a passer to know that. 
We all thought that Jeremy Johnson was, was going to, to be a Heisman contender back in 2015, that Auburn was going back to the natty, that he was going to help dig Auburn out of that tough year in 2014 where Auburn went 8-5, and five, that, that was, Auburn was going to have a great passing quarterback. What happened? He lost his starting job in three or four games. I'm, I'm you so just impressed. don't know. Yeah, I'm so impressed we're on the same page on that because I was just about to say we thought Jeremy Johnson's sample size was good enough to peg him as a Heisman contender. And he had just as many attempts, I feel like, if not more. I don't, I don't have exact stats on that, but, I mean, he started he started half a game in SEC play. Emory Jones hasn't been in that situation. Jones, as a quarterback, He's come in in special packages. They've really used him more of a, as a rushing threat when they've had him out there. But he has at least gotten to toss the ball around a little bit. But clearly, you look at his numbers on the ground, he offers more as a rusher. You look at 2019, 42 attempts on the ground, 256 yards, 6.1 average, four touchdowns. The year before that, in 2018, wasn't used a whole bunch. But last year, 2020, 32 attempts and a couple in a couple less games for Florida, 217 yards on the ground, 6.8 average, two touchdowns. The past two years, he has had more rushing attempts or the same amount of rushing attempts. So in 2020, he had as many rushing attempts as he had passing attempts. And in 2019, he had more rushing attempts than he had passing attempts. That tells you how they've been using him when he's entered into ball games. He is a true dual threat quarterback. I just don't know if we have enough sample size to know about him as a passer. So I do think it's a little bit of a quick trigger move to have him in the first round in some mock drafts. Folks seem to really like him at the moment. I've seen PFF. They're all over Emory Jones at the moment. But I'm not saying that he won't achieve that. It's more of this is why it's a make or break factor because if he's not a good passing quarterback, his running ability alone is, is not enough to get this Florida team to where Florida fans want want them. So Emory Jones has appeared in 20 games over the course of the last two seasons and played sparingly. He's not started. Jeremy Johnson in 2013 and 2014 played nine games. In 2013, 29 of 41 for 422 yards. 2014, 28 of 37 for 436 yards. About the same touchdowns. sample size, it's, I guess. It's actually, if you if you add up Emory Jones, let's see, he'd have about uh, almost 500 passing yards. Johnson would almost have 900. That's almost double in, in half the games. So as far as sample size can, goes, you're exactly right. I don't think we've seen enough of Jones to, to peg him as a, as a Heisman or first-round quarterback or even a decent quarterback in the SEC at that especially considering they're going to have to change this scheme to mold it, it around Jones and try and make him better. Wholeheartedly agree. And that's not us saying that Emory Jones isn't going to get there, or that he that he doesn't have the ability to throw the football. It's more of it's a make-or-break factor because we simply don't know enough about him in a starting quarterback role where being able to beat teams like Alabama and Georgia, which both of those teams are on their schedule this year, welcome to Auburn's world, Florida. Now you have to play just as tough of a schedule as Auburn does where you have to play Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, beating those teams. And the reason why squads like Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson go to the college football playoff every year is because they have quarterbacks that can make the throws when it counts. And I don't just mean making big plays, saying that in a cliche. I mean, there are tight window moments in football games 
where very few quarterbacks, only the most elite in college football, have the ability to squeeze it into a tight window and make the throw necessary to win the big game. And that's because those defenses are that talented, those secondaries are that talented, where they force you to have to beat them with your arm and make that throw there are very few games where you get that opportunity because there are only a, a couple of elite defenses maybe even one elite defense that you will face throughout the whole year but you have to beat that one elite defense if you're going to make the college football playoff look at michigan they can't do it they can't beat ohio state they can't beat some of the best teams in their league that's a reason why they're marooned in in mediocrity every single year and why jim harbaugh's on the hot seat because they haven't had the quarterback that can make those throws you want to talk about auburn auburn that's a big reason why they can't beat georgia every year because they can't throw the football against georgia and so when i talk about this florida team if they're going to get there if they're going to get back to the sec championship they have to have a quarterback that can make the throws when it counts make the tight window throws in the big moments Go back to the 2019 Iron Bowl, an example here. Do you remember the throw that Bo Nix tossed to Sal Canella? I can't remember which quarter that was. It was midway point of the game. It was second quarter. That's what Jacob's throwing out to me. I believe it was the second quarter, yeah. That throw on a rope, only place where Sal Canella could get it. But look back at the final score. What, Auburn wins 48-45? You take that touchdown off the scoreboard, Auburn doesn't win. Auburn needed every single bit of those big plays in 2019. And so when I talk about a quarterback needing to be able to make a big throw, Bo Nix made that big throw in that 2019 Iron Bowl. Put it on a rope, put it to the only place where Sal Canella can make that catch. And guess what? Sal Canella helped him out and made that catch. It's also on the receiver. Sal Canella helped him out. But at the end of the day, if that throw's not made, Auburn, Auburn loses that Iron Bowl because there goes that touchdown. Auburn loses. Not enough on the scoreboard, right? And so for me... And Bo Nix hasn't done it in any other game other than the Oregon game at the very beginning of his career, which that was an abysmal day for him until the end, until the fourth quarter. But you look at the Georgia game, you look at the Georgia series for Auburn these last two years with Bo Nix, he hasn't been able to make that throw. Will he make that this year? That's the big difference between Auburn going from being a mediocre team of the SEC year in a year out and being able to compete with Georgia and Alabama is having a quarterback that can make those throws. Florida's in the same boat. I think you made a really good point about Georgia earlier, and that's my second make-or-break factor is if Georgia beats Clemson, how did they do it? Because if they beat if they beat them handily, that will indicate whether or not the season for Florida will be decided in Jacksonville on October 30th. I don't think Florida can keep up with a high-powered Georgia team. If Georgia loses to Clemson or if it's a tight game, I believe Florida heading into that game in Jacksonville if Emory Jones looks like a decent quarterback, can, can can compete with them. But if Georgia beats Clemson and they do it in an impressive fashion, I would say season's off for Florida. So after week one, I'm not penciling anything in, but it's going to give me a clear indication on what's happening on the other side of the pond in Georgia. It's going to give me a clear indication as to how Florida season is going to go. Going back to make-or-break factors for Florida football in 2021, you and I have talked about can Emory Jones throw the football accurately? Can he help Florida? Does he have the arm to help Florida back to the SEC championship? We've made some solid points. I want to go back now to talking about the football schedule for next year. I look at four games for Florida in 2021. Georgia and Alabama, those seem like tall orders right now with this new look Florida team to be able to beat both of those teams. And without beating both of those teams, you see Florida probably finish in second. But we have discussed 
a team like Missouri with their favorable schedule being able to usurp Florida and jump them, surpass them, get into second place, and possibly drop Florida to as far as third in the SEC East next year. And that's where I look at two more games. Missouri on the road and LSU on the road. Can Florida beat the two Tigers on their schedule? And I think that goes back to you and I talking about Emory Jones and his ability as a quarterback. I really like Connor Basilak. You also have to talk about LSU. That trio of teams right there, Florida, Missouri, and LSU, when we talk about these teams and make or break factors, their quarterbacks are going to be on our list. For sure. And as far as Missouri and LSU goes, you know, can Florida actually get over the hump? It, those are those are two offenses that do return starting quarterback is starting SEC experience so as far as LSU LSU is concerned they're going to throw the ball around the yard they're going to score some points and Florida's going to have to be able to keep up with them and they're going to have to make Emory Jones actually throw the football to keep them in that Missouri's game. going to do that too Missouri's they going to like do as Connor well. Basilek a lot now Missouri has had some unfortunate things happen their leading receiver Knox no longer with the program he's 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 on his way out so Missouri has lost some talented pieces on that offensive side of the ball this Missouri team taking a bit of a hit with some SEC football news yeah so as far as far as their transfer news is going they've lost Knox obviously and then they've lost two defensive backs and one of them was way more valuable in my opinion than the other Jarvis Ware has started 17 games at Missouri two straight seasons at cornerback for for Missouri recorded 45 tackles five pass breakups and an interception during that time span and the one interception he had which actually came against Florida he returned for a touchdown uh Missouri's losing some really valuable pieces these aren't just depth pieces these aren't these aren't just guys that are sitting on the bench waiting for their time to come this is their best receiver and their best cornerback on the roster that's just heading out so when we've talked about Missouri some and being able to maybe squeeze into that second spot because some folks out there in the media like this Missouri team to possibly shock some folks they've lost some key pieces on both sides of the ball it kind of makes me wonder if they're going to be able to win all of their 50 50 games on their schedule some of those games like Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida in the mix now. When you look at those games, they have to win all of those games to get into second. And now that's making me wonder, well, are they going to be able to win all of those games? And I would, I would say probably not. I think you're probably now saying that after all of these transfers, after all of these defections, you're probably looking at a Missouri team that just lost a couple of wins off their schedule that maybe you and I were seeing as wins. Maybe now you're seeing an 8-4 and four or a 7-5 and five Missouri team, which is still an improvement from where they were at when Drinkwitz came into the program, but maybe not as much of a shock season as maybe you and I were originally anticipating. That helps this Florida team out, but I still go back to with these make-or-break factors for Florida in 2021. I look at the schedule. You got to win against both of those Tiger teams for me. Make sure your only losses are to Georgia and Alabama. And if your only losses are to Georgia and Alabama, you finish the regular season off 10-2, and two, you're in a New Year's Six Bowl game. I think Florida fans are happy. I don't think they're that disgruntled. Yeah, I think I think that's that's very reasonable. Just win the games that you're supposed to win and, and compete the game in the games that you're supposed to lose. And if you finish 10-2 and two with a quarterback that, that is having to adjust to uh, to either have the, the team adjust to him or him adjust to the team as far as scheme fit, if you're breaking him in 10-2, and two, really really i'd be happy with that as a fan if i were florida especially considering you still have years of emory jones if he doesn't decide to go to the draft after this football season you still got another year for him in the program that's it for our make or break factors for florida tomorrow we'll talk about kentucky as we continue that series here on on the line